0: With the subject of understanding spiritual warfare. And we kind of made some introductory remarks, you know, before time expired, uh, talking about territorial spirits. And, you know, what the Bible says. Now, the Bible doesn't specifically say anything about. Uh, territorial spirits, but uh, we do find it in Ephesians six, and we talked about it last week. And I'm not going to spend time elaborating because I, I want to move on uh, this evening. But <clears throat> about uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, uh, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, and um, and uh, and then Paul talks about in in Ephesians about uh, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers uh, against the rulers of the darkness of this age spiritual wickedness in high places and and that speaks of structure and um, uh, we emphasized last week that uh, Satan's kingdom is not in disarray, and um, I've heard people teach and and say that you know the kingdom of Satan is totally unorganized and you know there's no structure there and and uh, because of the jealousies of demons they're you know they're constantly at battle one with the other and and, uh, and we don't I don't find that in scripture. I found a or, very organized structure. And, and, uh, and, you know, I even brought out last week that everything that Satan says is not a lie. Uh, I know Jesus said he is the father of all lies, but he did not say that everything Satan says is a lie. Right. Um, I know that, uh, uh, that Satan is the author of confusion... Uh, but the Bible never said that Satan himself is confused. Uh Satan uh is an intellectual spirit. Uh he does no things. Uh, he has power. And um and these are things that we should not take lightly. And I know, you know, I, I know we you know we feel good, you know, about scriptures that says, greater's he that's in you than than he that's in the world. And buddy, we feel good in an apostolic setting, you know, quoting things like that. But about the time that you meet a a demon, uh, then reality begins to sit in and and you begin to realize that these are not things to play with. Uh, We don't fear them, but we don't take them lightly. Nor do we go looking for devils behind every bush and um I have had the opportunity to uh to talk to other people about spiritual warfare and you know and and uh some folks you know they're just out looking for trouble and um and I'm of the opinion that if you're living for God like you you're supposed to and you're reading and studying the word and you're ingesting that word in you and you're making every effort possible to live by that word. And you're you're praying and you're fasting. <clears throat> you're not going to have to go find some devil to fight. You're going to ha- you're going to have enough opposition that will come to you just by nature of who you are and and what you're doing without having to go and and try to search for these things. And so so we um uh, we ended just with the topic of territorial spirits. And, and so I, I believe that we can see, according to Scripture, that Satan has assigned specific demons, special responsibilities, special authority, and power over specific geographical and political areas. I said geographical and political uh, because I do believe that there are territorial spirits from a geographical nature and I believe that there are also territorial spirits of a political nature because I do believe that, uh, uh, that, that, uh, that there is demonic influence that influences kings and kingdoms. And I mean, we—I don't have time to to really elaborate more on that this evening. But I just will say this: Scripture is with is replete with example after example after example, where there were rulers, kings, or pharaohs and and kingdoms uh, who were manipulated by demonic uh, powers. So um, so the, the question that I could, uh, I could ask is, could the entrenched resistance to the gospel in some nations and cultures be due to the ruling presence of a demonic spirit or spirits that are placed there by Satan? And I believe the answer to that question would be yes. And if so, what is the responsibility of the saint of God? Now, now here's where we could get bogged down, and, and, and we probably will not deal with that question this evening, but the responsibility of God's people. When, when that is the case, what is your responsibility? And what what is my responsibility uh, in these cases? I do want to go to Daniel chapter number 10. uh, Because this scenario that we'll find in in Daniel 10 is probably the most explicit support for the idea of territorial or nationalistic spirits. And so... um, so we'll we'll use Daniel chapter ten uh for a launching pad for for this session. And um and as time goes, uh probably the next session as well. And I you have to read it. I forgot my little pointer uh deal the, this evening, but uh, I want to start in, in verse number 1. Now, it's going to be a, a, a relatively lengthy Scripture reading. But, but I want you to see what's going on uh, in the context of, of uh, not just Daniel 10, but 11, and also going back uh, to, to Daniel 9. But in Daniel chapter 10, uh, Daniel says in verse number 1, in the third year... Of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar, and the thing was true. But the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Now let me stop right there. What, what Daniel is saying in, in verse number 2 and verse number 3 is that Daniel prayed and fasted for three full weeks. He said, I was in mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Again, he's praying and he's fasting for three full weeks—twenty-one days. Daniel has been in this endeavor, and in the four and twenty, uh, in the four and twentieth day. ...of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hidikael. Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine uh, gold of euphaz. His body also was like the barrel, and his face was as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as flames of fire." And his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass and his voice or in the voice of his words was like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Now, get get in your mind what's happening. <laughs> Daniel's by a river, the river Hittichel. He looks up and he sees this angelic being and and he describes in in very good detail what he's seeing, but the men that's with him, they they don't they don't see it. But there there's such a presence about this Man, And I'm calling it a man because, because that's how Daniel described him. He described him as a certain man. But even though the men that were with Daniel could not see the man, there was such a presence about this man that, that all of these men that were with Daniel... A great quaking faith. They, they began to shake. They, they were trembling. Maybe they were trembling. They didn't know what they were trembling about. Maybe they sensed a presence, but they couldn't see it. And so Daniel said, they fled to hide themselves. He said, therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision. And there remained no strength in me for... My comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of His words. And when I heard the voice of His words, then I was in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. So Daniel's on his all fours now with with this figure. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had (laughs) Spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for your words, now I want, I want to stop right there, and and just interject this. When uh, um, and maybe we'll elaborate it uh, or elaborate on it uh, at a later time. But you you need to understand the unmitigated power that there is in prayer. And how Satan despises your prayer. Because whether you believe it or not, your prayer sets into motion a chain of reactions in the realm of the Spirit. I'm not not speaking about hocus-pocus stuff. I'm speaking about what, what is in the Word of God that, we'll, that we're looking at right now. Because the angel of the Lord that appeared to Daniel told him, from the moment that you begin to, uh, to, to chasten yourself, when you, when you the, the day, the first day, He said that you did set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself before thy God. What's he talking about? He's talking about the prayer and fasting that Daniel's been doing for three weeks. Chastening himself. And he said, When you know when 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 that when you begin that, he said, Then your words were heard. So what the angel is saying is the moment. That you begin to pray, and the moment that you begin to chasten yourself before God, your words were heard. And look at what he said I am come for your words. In other words, he's saying, "What, What you have been praying for, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. But but look at the next verse of Scripture. Because verse 13 says, and this is the angel speaking, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. What does that tell you? What does that tell you about Daniel's prayer? God heard Daniel's prayer immediately. God sent an angel immediately. God dispatched an angel with, with an answer or an explanation for Daniel to the words that he had been praying. He said, but here it is. For one in 20 days the king of Persia has withstood me. One in 20 days is What? 21 days which is 3 weeks where do we read the 3 weeks now now get this because of Daniel's praying and his fasting Daniel don't Daniel don't know what's going on in the realm of the spirit But Daniel's words and his chastening himself before God initiated a three-week spiritual battle in the realm of the heavenlies that Daniel didn't have a clue about. See, it, it, it could be, and... And I, I don't I'm trying not to get off of the, the subject proper. You know, but, but it could be in that three weeks of praying and fasting, it, it could be that Daniel's wondering, why is there not an answer from God? Why is God not doing something? I've been I've been praying and fasting for three whole weeks. And 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 nothing's happening here. See, he didn't know what was really happening out there. But when the the angel is able to get to Daniel, he he lets him know. I I started. I was headed your direction. But I was withstood by by the, the prince of the kingdom of Persia for 21 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. Now, here's something I want you to understand. When when we talk about, oh, Satan don't have any power, and the demons don't have any powers, and all of this kind of stuff. Here, the prince of the kingdom of Persia was strong enough in power that he was in a three-week battle With the angel that God had dispatched to Daniel. And the angel admitted that Michael, one of the chief princes, had to come and help me in in this struggle. Now I want to ask you a question. If if an angel of the Lord. Now let's, let's look at it. How powerful is one angel? I I don't think any of us really know. I I can tell you this. Israel was in a a conflict one time. And in one night, God sent one angel. And in one night, one angel killed 185,000 men. One angel one night. Here is an angel that's been locked in a 21-day spiritual battle with with a demonic spirit and and the battle by implication, the battle would have lasted longer had not Michael come to help me, he said, he came to help me and I remained there with the with the kings of Persia, now I am come to make you understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision it is for many days. And I want to stop there, you know, for, uh, you know, for a, a little bit and, and just kind of, you know, draw a couple of things here. Some, some of it I've already stated. This 21 day battle, but when when Daniel speaks or records the words of the angel, when he talks about the prince of the kingdom of Persia, the question could be asked, who, who is that prince? Obviously, and for several reasons, this cannot be a human prince. It's not a human. It's not a human. And second, he, he is able to resist with such force that Michael is summoned for help to, to help the angel overcome this prince. So uh, we, we could conclude then, because this this angel, or I, I say this this angelic being, this other angelic being. Maintains. After this conflict. He maintains an ongoing relationship. With the nation of Persia. So we can only conclude. That the the, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Is a demonic being. That was assigned by Satan. To this nation. As his special area of activity. Now here was his purpose his purpose was to prov- to provoke hindrance to god's will and kingdom there especially among god's people who were under persian rule and so and so god's people were, were in captivity they were under Persian rule when, uh, when Daniel had this vision. And so the purpose of, of this prince of Persia was again was to provoke hindrance to God's will and God's kingdom there. That was his job. You do everything you can to hinder those people. You do everything that you can To stall or to stop the kingdom of God or or those people in in that kingdom in that particular place. That was his job. That was his purpose. Try to stop the will of God among those people. And And he was so powerful that when Daniel began to pray and fast, and he, again, he did this for 21 days, God dispensed an angel, but, but somewhere, somewhere between being dispensed by God and be- before he reached Daniel, there was a monumental conflict. And that battle, that struggle, lasted for, for three weeks. Now can you imagine... Being locked in a battle for three weeks. I mean continuous struggle. Physical struggle for three weeks. You can't imagine that. We wouldn't have the strength for that. But here's a three week struggle that's going on. And and after three weeks, then, then Michael, I just use my imagination. Michael says, I might ought to get on down there and help a little bit. Because see, Michael's one of the chief princes, Daniel said. And Michael says, I might ought to go on down there. This thing's been going on long enough. I might ought to go down there and help because there's a man there that needs to understand some things. God wants him to understand the things that is going to befall his people in the latter days, he said. For yet, for yet, the vision is for many days. In other words, what what Daniel, what God was going to show Daniel, it was going to be a long time in coming to pass. But God intended for Daniel to get the message so he could give it to God's people, so that His people, God's people, could have could could have faith. Their faith built. That in the fact that God was going to help them. And that God wasn't finished with them even as a nation. So, so after this encounter with Daniel, then Gabriel was to return to, to resume his battle with the prince of Persia. And and so this this indicates that whatever the nature of the fight in verse 13, that Gabriel was not able to forever destroy or banish that prince. And so even in verse number 20, now let's look down at verse number 20. And he said, said uh, Then said he, knowest thou wherefore I am come unto thee and now... I will return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. Notice what Gabriel is saying. This, this thing that we have been fighting with is not the only prince over a nation or a government that's out there. He said, because after I'm done, the prince of Grecia it is coming. Now, when you look at it historically, you'll, you'll see that after uh, after they were un, after the Jews were under Persian rule, then then comes along Alexander the Great, and, and this this prince of Greece, you know, came along and 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 began to dominate it. It was the next. Greece was the next world power. And, and so Michael is, is or, or Gabriel is helping uh, Daniel to, to understand uh, here. Or Michael is helping him to understand that when, when we're finished with this one, Daniel, you can rest assured there's another one coming. And so what, what Michael is helping Daniel to understand is that, hey, you're never finished with this struggle. Because there are always going to be in the realm of, of the spirituals. There is always going to be some level of demonic opposition to God's people and to God's kingdom in this world. Amen. Always. So, a statement that I made. Oh, way back yonder sometime. In in talking about this, because I, I did make the statement on one occasion. When you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you entered into spiritual conflict whether you wanted to or not. And I am of the opinion. That there are people of God, good people of God, that are afraid of the demonic. Well, I don't want to do anything that's going to upset him, I don't want to do anything that's going to make the devil mad. I don't want to do anything to make the devil come, you know, knocking around my door, playing around my doorsteps or, or, or whatever. If I leave him alone, he'll leave me alone. Nothing could be further from the truth. Because hear me this evening, you can leave him alone all you want, but he's not going to leave you alone. Amen. Because when you repented of your sins, And you went down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and those sins were forever remitted. And you came up out of that water and you became baptized with the Spirit of God evidenced by speaking in other tongues. You became at that very moment of time you became a marked individual. Satan put a bull's eye on you. And there's nothing you can do about it. So, what do we do? <laughs> you might as well get geared up. Because this fight ain't going away. In fact, I can tell. That, that the longer this thing goes, and the closer we get to the rapture of the church. I believe, personally, that there's going to be spirits, demonic spirits, that we deal with that maybe you and I have never encountered before. So listen, it's not time to be afraid. What do we do about it? We'll, we'll talk about that at a later time because, because the Bible does tell us what to do about it but but listen, you can't enter into the kingdom of god you you know that was it paul uh was it paul it was one of the writers talking about the kingdom of God that that we enter into the kingdom with much tribulation what's the writer saying what's he talking about? you enter the kingdom with a lot of opposition you know why? Because Satan does not want you in the kingdom of God. He doesn't want you with with the power of God in you because he knows that greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. See, he knows that. He understands that. And as long as you don't have the power of God in you, he understands he's already got you. He don't have to worry about you. he just leave you alone, so to speak. Because you're already under His control. But see, the longer this thing goes, the more the church is going to, to encounter maybe that, uh, that, that we haven't encountered previously as the church in this age. But, but let, me, let me just elaborate on something here momentarily. And and my time is winding down. I've, I've got ten minutes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna close in ten minutes. Let me elaborate on something here, just for just a moment. I was, I was praying before church, and you know, my mind, you know, meditating, and you know, on the on the subject at hand, you know, this evening. And and God God impressed upon me the same thing that, uh, that um, uh, Mordecai told Esther, you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now I'm not going to elaborate what the this is in that context. You, you already know. But who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now, here, here's what the Lord impressed upon me. We, we are living in the era of time that God intended for you and I to live. Amen. And He brought us into this era of time for a reason. That's right. yes. See, God doesn't do anything by accident. There's no chance with God... That there's no luck with God. We talk about the luck of the draw. Ain't no such thing with God. There's no chance with God. Everything with God is purposeful. He's got a plan. He's got a a means of carrying out that plan. Now, if God thought in, in, in God's mind, if He thought or He knew that you would be more effective the kingdom of God in this world and living in a different era of time you would have lived in a different era of time but God put you in this era for such a time as we are facing right now amen he put you here now for a reason because God knows That once you receive His Spirit, He has put in you everything that you need to be successful and to win souls and to cast out devils and heal the sick and raise the dead in the time we live right now. Well, I'm a little hard of hearing. Did somebody say something? You're in this era of time for a reason. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of spooky. You know, we got all kinds of crazy stuff going on. You know, we got, we got things that, you know, the government ain't even telling us what they're shooting down out of the skies. You know, and, 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 and we don't know. You know, we got, we got trains derailing. And and toxic chemicals is killing animals and killing fish and uh, affecting people. And it's like, ah, no big deal. You know, it's kind of in the wrong part of Ohio anyway. You know, because they, you know, voted differently in the last election. And, you know, whether that's the case or not, I, I don't know. I'm just saying it's not being dealt with. And, and it's affecting people. It's affecting people's homes. It's affecting animals. Th- thousands, I heard a report today thousands of fish they've already found, you know, that, that has been dead because somebody said the best way to deal with this thing is just to burn it. Let, let's just burn it. You know? And then, then we're dealing with things like gender identity. Pardon? Oh yeah. Things that you, you just kind of back up and scratch your head and think what in the name of good sense is going on in our world and, and how are we going to deal with this? Well, Can I tell you, a whole lot of this stuff is influenced demonically. Amen. Amen. I don't care what anybody says. Some somebody that was born a man, and, and then he all of a sudden says, "Well, he this whole time I, I I've been a girl." But you do you you do their DNA, and, and they're men all day long, and they want to dress like women, and 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 they want to you know cut off body parts to try to help the process. That that's not a mental thing. That's a demonic thing. And God has put you in the church at this particular time for such a time as right now. So while we may scratch our head and say, them man, them people's crazy. They they have lost it. They're on some kind of drug. They're on they're, they're on something. The whole time you you can't see it. But the whole time there's battles being waged and there's struggles that's going on that you can't see any more than Daniel saw what was happening for those three weeks until until Michael revealed it to him. He didn't see it. But it's happening. And and it's going on. And... And... uh, but God's put, you, God's put you here for such a time as now because He knows what's in you is powerful enough to deal with, with the world. The spirits of, of this age that are happening, that are happening, that are happening right now, right now right now. And and we need to be be careful. I'm I'm not going to go to the next point because I only have have four minutes and, and, and the next point needs to come as a whole with with something else without without breaking it. But but let me just let me let me close with 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 this statement. We need to be careful how we deal with with some of these things where, you know, they're, you know, people people talk about drugs being gateway drugs. You know, people talk like marijuana. You know, marijuana's not that big a deal. I mean, when you compare it with heroin and and LSD and, you know, I'm I'm showing my age now. I don't even know if LSD is a deal anymore. It was, you know, when I was growing up, LSD LSD was a big deal. Things like heroin and LSD and you know and, and uh you know some of that other stuff. Um and, and, and people look at marijuana and say, well marijuana's really not that big a deal. You know, kind of makes you feel a little good. You know, gives you an appetite, you know, makes you wanna eat and and oh the biggest drawback, you know, is cotton mouth, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But see, here, here's the thing. People have talked for years about marijuana being a gateway drug. While maybe it's, it doesn't have, and, and I'm saying what they say now because I believe marijuana is just as dangerous on, on your brain as anything else out there. You know, but, and they say, but the biggest problem with marijuana is, is it opens the door, it's a gateway drug it opens the door to harder things because, you know, because once you get accustomed and your body gets accustomed to the effects of marijuana, it's almost like it's, it it doesn't do anything for you anymore. And so your body's looking for something else. So you go to something a little harder, you know, you, you, and you end up, you know, with things like heroin, some of the hard, you know, narcotics, but, but, but there are things and there are activities in, in, the, in the spiritual realm, that are gateways for demonic activity. And when Sister Mary talked about that little four year old boy, and, and people talking about maybe some kind of spirit can come to him that would be the spirit of his daddy, you know what that's doing? That's doing nothing but opening the door for that four-year-old child to be demonized. Now, when I say demonized, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about demonic influence. I'm not talking about full-blown possession. Not at this point. You know, because no, nobody, nobody in, in my belief and in my experience... Nobody becomes demonically oppressed over uh, or demonically possessed overnight. There are activities, there, there are doors, there are gateways that are open for demonic uh, oppression before full demonic possession comes into play. And, and, and what I hear, when I hear things like this, it is a door being opened for a four-year-old child to be demonized. Gateway. Yes, Brother James. What was that thing Daniel at the river? Pardon? What was that thing Daniel at the river? It was the angel. That uh, yeah. was the angel of the Lord. Uh, that man that he saw and he described, that was the angel of the Lord that that came and appeared to him. But we we need to be careful. You know, how, how we deal you know, with these kinds of things. Be, because you, you being Holy Ghost filled can open the door to demonic activity in your life. Now, do I believe that somebody's filled with the Holy Ghost can be possessed with the devil? I do not. I do not. But you can be oppressed by him. And you can be depressed by Him if you allow it. And so we, so we need to be careful how we, how we deal you know, with, with these things. And, and, and the thing that she talked about with her, her nephew that they've just made a shrine out of that house, that's a gateway right there, I'm telling you. That's a gateway. They're opening the door I remember a number of years ago it has this, this been, this been a number of years ago and there was a young lady who came to church here you know for i don't know a couple of months, maybe three months and um, and then she stopped coming because her grandmother told her that we were full of the devil but but this this girl came. And and she came to me one day after service and asked me if I would go and pray over their house, and and uh, and I began to inquire, and and here's what she told me. She said, in in our back room, in our baby's room, so we have a we have a camera, I have a camera and and a monitor so that we can monitor. Our child you know at night uh, while it 's sleeping and um, and she said we sometimes in the night we, we hear coming over that monitor we, we hear male voices that's coming through that monitor and so we 'll get up and, and we'll go in that room. To see what's going on, the child is is sound asleep and and uh, um, you know we we don't find anybody in there, but sometimes we'll go in there, and that room will be at least twenty degrees colder than in the rest of the house, and so I said, okay well i'll you know if you if it'll make you feel better." I'll, I'll come pray. So I got Brother Lawley, and we went up way yonder. I don't even, I couldn't no more tell you now where we went than than anything. We we went way up in the country somewhere, and and we walked in. We walked into to that house, and and so I started looking around, and you know she took me to the bedroom you know where the kid is and, and so uh so we prayed we anointed you know the rooms and the and the doors and you know and, and we prayed and uh i got to to looking around and there was there was music equipment mm-hmm. in, in the living room there in a in a a uh you know a cabinet you remember this and so uh it was like recording equipment. And so I, I asked her, I said, uh, who's who's the musician? You know, she said, my husband, he he records music. Some of his friends come over here and, you know, they'll, they'll record music. And I said, what kind of music? And she said, I have some kind of crazy old rock, you know, music, you know, and stuff. And and so uh, uh, she said, and sometimes they'll they'll come over and, you know, they'll be drinking I, I looked and on the walls, you know, of of the house, you know, she had um, dream catchers. Mm-hmm. Anybody know what dream catchers are? Mm-hmm. Dream catchers is a Native American artifact. It's it's in a circle and it'll have feathers in it, and 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 these were they these were shamanistic things to catch dreams. However, it caught dreams. But but they were hanging, you know, on the walls. And and then I, I looked, you know, at another picture and another picture or a picture of, of a medicine, a Native American medicine man, you know, which was nothing more than a witch doctor. You know, so when you've seen your little innocent westerns, you know, of cowboys and Indians and somebody sick and there's the medicine man shaking a rattle over them and blowing smoke on them and fanning them with eagle feathers. That's, no, that's nothing but witchcraft. And so there, there was a picture of a, of a medicine man, a shaman, you know. And so I, I, I asked her, I said, what, what is, what's this stuff, you know, in, in here? I said, why, did, why do you have these, these uh, Indian artifacts? And come to find out she was, a lot, she was part uh, Choctaw Indian. And uh and I said, You need you need to get this stuff down and get it out of here. You you need to you need to do away with this mess. And she was like, Well it's just Indian. I said, I understand. I said, but the dream catchers, I said, That's nothing but demonic. I said the picture you got of the medicine man, I said, That's nothing but witchcraft. I said, It's it's not a it's not a it's not a mystery to me why you can have things happening you know in your house that are not normal and i said you need to get that mess out of here you know and and i said if your husband is is into certain kinds of rock music you need to get that mess out of here as well you know i said because you all, all you're doing is opening the door for for demonic activity and and these these things are real it's real this city is full of voodoo and, and and witchcraft. It's full of it. And and we had people come into church here. One time, you know, she's a little old Baptist girl. and You know, and she, she came to me one time and asked me, said, Hey, preacher, I got a question. Do you believe in demons? And I said, Oh, yeah, I do believe in demons. Why do you ask? You know, and she said, Well, I think we got demons in our house. and and I said, why do you think that? And she said, because sometimes we'll be sitting in, in our house. And, you know, she said the curtains will blow out from the wall. And she said things fly across the room, you know. And she said you can, you can hear chains rattling and pigs squealing like pigs running, you know, through through the house. And, and she said things just flying everywhere. If I called a man's name, you that were here then would remember When he came here and and received the Holy Ghost. And she said, these things are happening. And she said, now, me and my husband, and called his name. She said, we're separated. She said, we're not living together right now. She said, I love him. But I left him for my own safety in my own house. And she said, lights would come on and go off. Come on and go off. Doors were slammed for no reason. What nobody's, nobody's touched a door. Doors were slammed. And I said, I, I believe. I believe in every bit of that. I believe that can happen. And so we, we don't need to be afraid of these things. But we do, we do need to take them seriously because Satan and every demonic fallen angel has power. But again, you have to keep in mind that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Amen. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, my time is gone longer than what I said, and so.